electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greek Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. This is our main front door. You walk here, you turn, you walk here, boom. The man on the right is a former IRS agent. The man on the left is a hired hand. But they aren't talking about groundskeeping. When the feds accuse Stephen Martinez of running a $13 million fraud, he decides to eliminate the evidence and the witnesses. He decided that he was going to hire somebody to kill four of the witnesses who were set to testify him at trial. On the morning of March 1st, 2012, the FBI stakes out a mobile home in San Diego, California. Inside, hidden cameras capture a meeting between two men. So, that's the front door. Over here, you can't see over here, there are some condominiums over here. The man on the right is Stephen Martinez, under indictment for 49 counts relating to tax fraud after an IRS investigation. On the left, his longtime gardener and handyman. In the meeting, Stephen Martinez is unveiling a plot almost too outrageous to believe. You see, the, this is probably oh, okay. for the patio door. She never, I mean, never locked the patio door. Hector Luna is a special agent for the FBI. The IRS case was not looking good. I think he was a desperate man, um, but with his resources, his money, his wealth, I think he thought that money could buy his way out. With trial fast approaching and several of his accusers ready to testify against him, he sees only one way out, to commit the ultimate crime. After I reviewed that video, what, what came across to me was that this was someone who had given a lot of thought to what he wanted done. Rarely would the story of a rogue accountant rise to such dramatic heights. And in fact, early in this accountant's career, there was no indication of anything sensational. In the early 90s, he worked as a revenue agent here uh, for the Internal Revenue Service. And then he opened up his own tax preparation business for clients here in San Diego County. But Martinez is more than just droll accountant cliches. Even the pronunciation of his name runs counter to convention. Where most say Martinez, he pronounces it Martinez. And to those who know him, that's not the only thing that stands out. He was one of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. He's the kind of guy you'd like to have for a friend. Norman Thelman first meets Martinez at a local tavern in San Diego. Thelman hardly drinks for health reasons, but is a regular at the bar. Around 2010, Martinez starts showing up at the same place, and the two become friends. 
And he was in there one day, and we're all sitting around talking, and he mentioned, I need to find a new limo driver. He was just speaking in general in front of everybody there. And I says, oh, that's interesting. That's a coincidence because that's something that I have done part-time in the past. Thelman is a retired Navy veteran and has spent most of his time since the Navy working odd jobs and collecting Social Security. When Martinez offers him the job as his new limo driver, he jumps at the chance. But Thelman isn't prepared for what he sees the first time he arrives at Martinez's house to report for duty. I entered the uh, little street, the little dirt road off the main road that goes up to his house. And there's a huge gate there. I was just intimidated, to be honest with you, by the size of the place. And then you drive in, and I'm just a huge driveway in this huge mansion. And I thought, this can't be where he lives. But uh, no, that's what that, that was Steve's house. Despite the obvious wealth, Thelman says there is no sign of vanity. He wasn't braggadocious. He wasn't arrogant. None of those things. That didn't fit Steve at all. According to Assistant U.S. Attorney Joseph Orabona, Martinez isn't so humble. Though his practice is small, many of his clients are very wealthy, and Martinez covets what he sees. He kind of wanted to emulate his wealthy clients. He wanted to live the lavish lifestyle that they lived. He wanted to kind of be like them, so to speak. By the time Thelman first arrives at Martinez's house, Martinez has been stealing from his clients for years to live that lifestyle. The fraud actually is, uh, it started back in probably around 2004. According to IRS Special Agent Anthony Lysak, Martinez's fraud is a simple case of bait and switch. The fraud basically involved Stephen Martinez preparing two sets of tax returns unbeknownst to his clients. One that the client would accept as being accurate, and another that he could file with the IRS that would prevent us from expecting any significant tax payments from the client. For example, in a case from 2007, Martiner shows a client a return that accurately shows their income to be $5,238,728. But the IRS never sees the client's accurate returns. Stephen takes those returns and puts them in a drawer somewhere, takes out his second set of returns that he's prepared, which now indicate a much lower amount of income in the 2007 example, Martinez simply cuts off the first digit of the client's income, therefore massively lowering the amount of taxes owed. And that's the return he files with the IRS. But don't think he's doing his clients any favors. His clients never see the smaller return. They believe they owe taxes on their actual income. He would convince them that they should pay their taxes directly to a tr client trust account, as he referred to it. And he told them that he would pay their taxes for them on their own behalf. And so they would write the checks directly to this account. But in truth, the tr client trust account wasn't a real trust account. It was more like his own personal piggy bank. With millions of dollars now in accounts he controls, Martinez can pay the much lower taxes on the return he files with the IRS and pocket the difference. Between 2004 and 2008, the scheme diverts more than $13 million into Martinez's control. And control is a big issue with Stephen Martinez. 
Since the mid-90s, San Diego CPA Stephen Martinez has seen millions of dollars flow through his clients' ledgers as he prepares their tax returns. And he decides he wants his unfair share. He had some ownerships in, a, in an airplane. He had about a 6,000-plus square foot house in Ramona on almost four acres. The pool, that was something that you would expect to see at a lavish resort in Las Vegas. It had a swim-up bar. It had a beach. It had um, these ornate designs that were kind of carved into the base of the pool. Now, my thoughts originally when I first saw that, I thought, boy, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the guy. I'm truly happy that he, he's just a nice person, he's a nice family, and they're enjoying life. That's, that's what the American way of life is all about. If you can enjoy it and you have the money to do it, by God, why not, you know? Unfortunately, it's not his money. And it doesn't take much for the government to figure it out. In uh, June of about 2009, one of the victims realized that what he had given to Stephen Martinez wasn't actually what was reported on the tax returns. And so he went to the IRS and the U.S. Attorney's Office and said, I think my tax repair has been stealing my tax refunds. When the IRS checks the client's true income with the amount reported in Martinez's filings, identifying the fraud is simple. And on tax day, April 15th, 2011, the government comes to collect what's theirs. Martinez is arrested on a 49-count indictment relating to the fraud. One week later, he is released on bail after pleading not guilty. It later becomes clear to what lengths Martinez will go to fight the charges. In early February of 2012, Mr. Martin has started to set in motion probably one of the most despicable crimes we've seen in this district. On February 29, 2012, a man tells the FBI that his employer, Stephen Martinez, offered him $100,000 to murder four potential witnesses in his upcoming trial. He turns over a folder filled with information about four of Martinez's former clients who were victims of his fraud. Immediately upon seeing the folder, the feds see they may have a true murder for hire on their hands. The dossiers were extremely detailed, laid out where these people lived. They laid out pictures of them, what they looked like. They laid out their habits. It was basically target packages for each of the, the witnesses that he wanted eliminated. The packages included a bio sheet for each one of them, which included very specific details, whether they had a dog or not, how to access their home. Just a lot of details about that person. So he had done his homework. He wrote again, most likely approach method for success. The garage is on the side of the house. The trees or coverage is close to the garage. Wait until he departs in the morning as he rolls out of the garage. Take care of business. Stephen Martinez may be surprised to find who actually takes care of business. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
On February 29, 2012, the San Diego handyman unveils a murder-for-hire plot to the FBI that his employer, Stephen Martinez, has enlisted him into. That afternoon, the FBI has the handyman set up a meeting with Martinez for the following morning. We set up the trailer for audio and video recording. And at this point, the handyman did have the target packages. Uh, so they meet and they start discussing the details. This is her main front door. You, you walk here, you turn, you walk here, boom. Mm -hmm. They discussed exactly what he wanted done, how he was going to get paid, and, and how much he was going to get paid. I can give you 40, and I'll give you the other 60 in like three days. Martinez leaves the handyman with final instructions. Destroy the folder. What he doesn't know is that the FBI already has it. The following day, the day Martinez expects to get word that his targets have been eliminated, it turns out the only person with a target on his back is him. He's arrested at his office and brought into custody without incident. Would you like to talk to us? No, I speak solely exclusively through my attorney, David, David Demersian. Okay. But the operation isn't over. In addition to the handyman and Martinez, there's a third player, a man who is supposed to deliver the money to the handyman. He's going to say, give me your code number. He's going to match it up. If it matches, he can do it. Who is this bag man? And is he in on the plot? The uh, FBI was able to coordinate another undercover operation with the former employee where they were able to identify who the individual was who was supposed to make that payment. It's none other than Norman Thelman. After Martinez's arrest, the FBI has the handyman call Thelman to arrange for the payment. It was the call that I was expecting to get that Steve had told me about. Six months earlier, while Martinez is under indictment for the tax charges, Thelman says that Martinez asks him for a favor. He says, my wife and I have uh, some money saved up, and we'd like to know if you'd hold it for us. He says, this money is not mine. He says, it's, it belongs to my wife and my children. Even if I ask you for this money, don't give it to me. Now, I know it sounds weird. But I honestly, I, I, the way I looked at it was, this man and his wife trust me. I considered it an honor that a friend would trust me with that. Thelman says that Martinez gives him $42,500 stashed away in an empty cereal box, and Thelman puts it in a cabinet in his kitchen. It's still there six months later when Martinez asks about the money once again. Steve called me in late February of 2012 and asked me if I would take $40,000 of that $42,500 that I was holding for his wife and kids and give it to somebody who he would designate at a later time to give it to. And I decided within the next couple of days after that that I was not going to live up to that. I'm holding this money for this fella, for his wife and kids, and that's who I thought it was for. And now he's asking me to give a portion of it to somebody who I don't even know who this person is. I'm not going to do it. Later, Thelman says he hears the news on the radio and discovers what that $40,000 is actually for. Steve Martinez, local CPA from Ramona today, was arrested for 
conspiracies to commit murder and whatever other charges they read. It, it just, after I heard that, it just kind of went off into a fade. And I'm sitting there, I pull over to the side of the road and I'm thinking, this is my friend. And I just thought, what a, be what a betrayal of friendship. Less than an hour later, there's a knock on Thelman's door. I open up the door. Good evening, Mr. Thelman. It's the FBI. We'd like to talk to you for a couple minutes. I says, come on in. I have nothing to hide. I know why you're here. The FBI brings Thelman in for questioning, and they confirm that he is cooperative. So yeah. has he asked you for any favors? Yes, he did. Okay. And it was just uh, a few days ago, as a matter of fact, that he asked me for a favor. Back in his trailer home, they find the $42,000 exactly where he says it is, in a box of cereal in his cabinet. I, I didn't ask him any questions, and he didn't say what it was for. He says, that's all it is. It's just do me a favor, give him this package, and, and walk away. So you went up to the house. But Thelman's cooperation doesn't save him from a criminal charge. Thelman maintains that he never knew anything about a murder plot though the FBI says that he ultimately admits that he suspected that holding the money for Martinez was potentially illegal. Thelman pleads guilty to conspiracy to commit money laundering rather than facing the risk of being convicted of conspiracy to tamper with a witness. If you're found guilty there, you get 13 years in prison. And that was the, the clincher that, in my mind, that made me say, hey, I, I want nothing to do with that. I enjoy my freedom way too much to, to risk that. Thelman is ultimately allowed to avoid a prison sentence and is given one year of supervised release. But the felony still goes on his record. It's a bitter pill. But as fate would have it, he gets one last chance to face Martinez while in a holding cell awaiting a court hearing. He says, Norm, I'm so, so sorry. So, so sorry. And I says, uh, thanks a lot for ruining my beautiful little life. That's how I felt. And then he looked over at me, had a little bit of a smile on his face, and he said, can you imagine what everybody down at the bar is saying about us? And I thought, what kind of a question is that to ask somebody when you see your friend sitting over there suffering all because of your betrayal? Stephen Martinez ultimately pleads guilty to 12 felonies, six related to the tax scheme and six related to the murder-for-hire plot. He is sentenced to 24 years in federal prison. And it's a shame that there are people like that in the world that, that walk about on the planet and have nothing but deception underlying in their soul and in their mind and in their hearts towards other people. And they'll use anybody and step on anybody to get what they want to keep their greed. Thanks for listening to the American Greed Podcast presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.